0: Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Alicia Shanice Reviews Podcast and I am your host this is your girl Shanice and today we will be discussing and recapping power book three Raising Canaan. So 50 out there doing his thing as usual he's stepping up the game and turning his whole power world into a universe. I'm loving it. We've seen it happen with other um, movies. You know, you got the um, trequels and everything Um, with the Marvel, you know, just um, the different movies that have one, two and three. Then they'll do a prequel, but you don't see it too much happen with television. So Fifth is um, most definitely changing the game. He took his level to a whole nother level out there. And I really enjoyed this episode. Um, it is Power Book Three, Raising Canaan. And on that note, I'm not gonna hold you guys too long. Let's get into the show. Name is Shanice, and she's the one. Her name is Shanice, and she's the one. So I really enjoyed this episode. Um, it kind of was everything that I did expect. Um, if you are a fan of the power universe, um, it kind of takes you back and give you the histories on, you know, Kanan growing up as long as with Jukebox. We see that their relationship from um, we said their, their relationship from the beginning on how they were kids. You see on how he got into the game. And it's kind of like a stem off of Get Rich or Die Trying. When you pay attention, um, when you pay attention to Get Rich or Die Trying, they kind of go parallel to each other. The mother, the mothers, kind of match. It's more just going more into detail. Um, it kind of like just match up on everything, even with like the-, the secret mentionings of who his father is and who he was in the street. And They mention that in Get Rich or Die Trying um you see the uncles um they were in get rich or die trying but they're playing it more in here it takes place in jamaica Queens, so you see 50 kind of expanding it more of like a continuation of a get Get rich or die trying or something like how you could say on how john singleton did boys in the hood back in the day and then when you look at snowfall it's kind of like a prequel too on how the neighborhoods changed in south central and how it became that way so it kind of you know puts you in the mind of that like from the movie totally different characters um you know set up completely different but they go parallel with each other i really enjoyed it um you see fifth kind of mixes a little bit of you know his life or something he might have witnessed or been through and he puts it into the show um like i said it was everything i expected I think this might be one of the the best ones out of all the other seasons. I mean on power season one was like season one and two were like my my favorites three was okay four and five and six you know we were invested but it just wasn't as great as season one and two um especially after you know Kanan was murdered. So I enjoyed it. And I really think that this is going to be raw and authentic. I love how it goes into the eighties and take place into the nineties. They had great visuals, great acting going on in there. I, um, I love the, the things that they kind of mixed in and you kind of have to be paying attention to catch it. You really have to be paying attention. So I enjoyed that. Um, it did open up when we see a young Canaan, um, Yeah, I do love how Fifth is narrating through the show. I really love that. And, you know, he opens up like you've seen how my story ends, but you see the beginning of it. And you see a young 50 getting beat up at the park by two two boys over his money. They're jumping him. And then we see a young jukebox and she's trying to uh, stop it, but they holding her back. So he gets humiliated. And getting beat up at the park by all all the kids watching and laughing and runs home crying. When he gets in the house, we see his mom sitting there. Um, You can already tell she's a hustler. She's sitting there with her man. And Fifth introduces him as the one who really got her into the game and that he'll be murdered a year later. So this is 1985. So um, we see that he won't be around long because he said, you know, they um, set him on fire for basically telling. But that's who got her in the game, and he says how he treated her right and, um, you know, treated them both right. So he goes upstairs crying, and I like what he says. He said, you want me to go handle it? And she gave him that look, puffed that cigarette, <laughs> go upstairs, and, you know, he tells her that they bigger than me, they stronger than me, and she ain't having it. She, she calmly walks over there, put them batteries in them socks, and said, let's go. And if you come from the old school, you know, we all done been there. We run in the house, scared of a bully. And your mama tell you, you either going to go outside and fight them or you about to fight me. <laughs> so I think everybody, especially if you black, know your mama did you like that. So she gets in her car. I love how she still, um, they show her pulling up at the park with the old school. And that's how they rocked the All the 80 sisters has them. And he goes to the park and gets to beating the little boys' ass. They get geeked when they see him. You want some more? And he gets to beating them with the with the uh, bat with the socks full of batteries. Which I kind of was like, you know, uh, they not they kind of like just let them whoop them one by one without the friends jumping in. So I was like, that's a bit much. But it show you how Kanan wasn't always that, you know, rough rough dude that we seen in power. The heartless dude. He was more of a softie. And then I liked on how, like I say, Fifth kind of mixed it in with his actual life. You know, his mom Blackie was a hustler out there. Um she she, she was a real hustler. And then, you know, they call him Boobo back in the boo-boo back in the day, and he was real heavy set, they say. So they show a little, you know, chubby or And, you know, at that time, he wasn't a tough Canaan. And that's 1985. Then we go straight to 1991 and we go to the high school. And then we see, excuse me, I'm sorry. And then we see his mom and him into the school counselor's um, office. And she's telling him how, you know, they have this great school that he can go to. And, you know, Canaan's is smart. And she like, I went on and enrolled him. And they walk out and, you know, his mom is telling him, like, you got to go here. You could be the first CEO. You know, you could do this, do that. And he like, mom, I'm not trying to leave you. And he trying to stand by his mom's side. He kind of want to get in the game. So he don't want to go across to a different school out of his neighborhood, you know. But that just shows it was kind of parallel to why he might have took so much into Tariq. Because um, remember, he took, a, he took a liking in Tariq. He killed Jukebox his first cousin over Tariq. So he took a liking into Tariq. So you can see that um, it showed you right there. Like he kind of had the same, um, same position, the same chance to go away, like to a choke school, like Tariq did and get away from all that street stuff, like Tariq did. And, you know, he's begging his mom to like, let him in the game, let him in the family business, tell him what's going on, letting him know, like, I know your codes. I know this, I know that. And you know, his mom ain't trying to hear that. She liked the same for you. You can do this, you smart, you can get up out of here. So she's trying to tell him and then she goes into talking about um they look at a project she did in school and then she gets um a page on her beeper. You know, all the hustlers had beepers in the eighties and the nineties and She leaves them at school and go and she sees one of her workers then got shot out there on one of the corners So she's at the hospital and then they introduce us to her brothers who Hustle with her and it was good to see her brother lulu He's from snowfall. Remember that's kevin from snowfall. I was like, oh look at him And you see her brothers got her back got marvin and lulu and you know, they're talking about how the corners, how that happened. Then it goes back to the high school and we see already one love interest that's probably going to end up happening. We see Kane and he got a crush on a girl. He said he'd been liking since third grade, who's also. Um, she's kind of like just standing there. He said he he likes her because she was so fine and didn't act like she was fine, like she didn't know it, you know, down to earth. They kind of side-flirting with each other. But then she goes over there and talks to her boyfriend, who we see is Buck 20, who, you know, like they say, every school got him. Every school got a Davina, and every uh, Davina got a, do like Buck 20. We all know them in school, and he's sitting up there looking at how Buck 20 dressed. You know, envious to him. And then we see him and his boys. They sitting at the lunch table, jonesing on each other. It brought back high school memories on how them old oh, lunch lunch or lunch rooms used to be. Lunch room used to be. The damn party, the after party, lunch rooms used to be lit. You see them, they beatboxing, rapping on this, uh, rapping on it, uh, table, and uh, you see jukebox. And, and um, he got his uh, Puerto Rican homie famous, uh, and then his other homeboy who he said was really with it. And, you know, they come over there, they jones it on each other, and then Jukebox, you can already see how close they was back then. And she's like, how long you like that, girl? You got to get over her. He's like, I ain't going to never get over her. So we can already see who Kanan's love interest is going to be from the adolescent Kanan. <clears throat> So that was dope to see. And it was it was realistic because it puts you in the mind of the early 90s and how the cafeterias and lunchrooms used to be. So then we go over and we see that um, it's like back in the early 90s truth, you know, the nightclub that they had. And uh Rocky and her brother Lulu go in there and they got a new they're asking where you know the owner at because that's who they do their business with he got a new white girl up in there she's the publicist with the little dog and she's like oh you're the drug dealers your stuff is trash it's weak we'll find our own and you know she kind of trying to pull Rocky whole card and Rocky like I don't know who you're talking to but we don't do business with you and the dog's sitting there barking in her face and Rocky giving her that look So Lulu goes and tries to sweet talk her and Rocky's still giving her that look, you know. (laughs) So while he's over there trying to sweet talk the publicist lady, Rocky started getting her flirt on with um, the bartender guy. He looks like a good guy in school and they kind of getting a flirt on. So you can see that they're going somewhere with that. After Lulu gets done talking to the publicist, they walk out and leave. After that, we see... them at the arcade and everybody knows back in the day how the arcades used to be the used to be the spot where everybody hung at and then came sees that you see unique He's the big hustler in town, basically. You know Rocky's competition, but you know for for the most part of what it looks like, they've already res- you know always respected each other's spots. That's he had one hundred and forty four. she had one hundred and forty second. You know, like she had her 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 corners and he had his. And then we see that he's the 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 big dude. Um, and you know he got the cars, and then they see that he actually put Buck twenty on, who is. You know, 50s. Well, Kanan, Canin, Kanan's little rival in high school. So um, they're like, I didn't know. He put Buck 20 on, and we see Unique, and you know, 50. He had kind of slide little little things into his shows. You know, even when you look at Get Richard Die Trying, when you see how the cop got murdered in front of the house um, on Get Richard Die Trying. I'm talking about, you know, that really happened. It didn't happen like that, but it did happen in 1987 with that cop. I can't think. Of, I know his name was Bernie. I can't think of his last name, um, but it really did happen like that. And then, actually, after that murder happened, it kind of changed to queen's, and then had everybody getting rained on because when Big Bush ran for president, I know he walked around on his campaign, and he had that cop's badge. On him the whole time And as we go further in there um, And talk about each episode we'll get into that Because that was a really big story And y'all know how I love talking about Like real events that happened And that's one thing that 50 does is he does, you know, he'll give you like little side things of something that happened back in the day. And even with the Unique guy, I'm wondering, is he supposed to be like somebody like a black Jess who used to run in Jamaica, Queens or even a prince? Because even when he talks about how when Unique says his big brother, you know was the man that had all the corners you know it could have been like you know how prince was running everything got the supreme got locked up or whoever took over after fat cat you know the real people who was in jamaica queens at that time um even though most of them was locked up in the 80s but some was still out in the early 90s because now we're into 1991 so after the arcade, you see Famous and Canaan. they all uh, sitting there jonesing on each other, you know, just being normal teenagers. Um, and then we end up seeing uh, Jukebox. She end up she's uh i skipped a part with her when kanan walked into school and he went into the choir room and she was singing and he was saying don't let that pretty voice fool you because she's one of the toughest niggas out here and then you got to go back to power and how jukebox was and then if you go back um the first time um don't don't get me wrong i think this was season three the last episode of power remember when they uh or season four, when they drugged um, Tariq up off of that lean and it was just him, no, it was season four, when it was just him and Jukebox in the house, and he was like, I heard you could sing back in the day, and she got to singing to him when he was falling asleep off that lean and she was talking about how, uh, they was talking about how beautiful her voice was, and then even um, after that, <clears throat> when you see she sneaks off to go meet, and you can tell this is her um, secret girlfriend, uh, the white girl at the private school, she goes to see her and, you know, her friends are like, where is this, where is this girl from? And she's like, oh, I'm from, I go to school in Jamaica, and they, the country? Anyway, <laughs> and she's like, no, I'm Jamaica, Queens. And then you see that them they go there and bomb and then it goes back to power when 50 was burnt up and she was um, letting them hang at, our, at her house to heal and he was like, I was the first person you ever came out to when you couldn't tell nobody your secret. So, we see that how, how their bond was i do like how they show how their bond was where at the time when she got back home he said you said you was with us but you was with old girl when you saw so that shows that she's already opened up to him and let him know that she's gay because you know back then you couldn't come out it wasn't like it is now they're easy to come out and then you see that their bond bond is because when we was introduced to jukebox and power is just and went there after he was set on fire out of that after that fight with ghosts so we didn't know the backstory of him and jukebox they just talked about a little bit um so it's good to see how they did so then we go and we are they are sitting down as, as a family at the restaurant you got both uncles and marvin is jukebox daddy and uh you got rocky and you got Kane and then Famous walks up with his sister, and you see his sister, um, her and uh, Lulu. They already locking eyes, flirting with each other, and Rocky is bragging on how Kane can get into the school. And then we see Marvin say, "Rocky, why you didn't? I mean, I'm sorry, jukebox, why you ain't try?" And Jukebox bust them out. And it was like, I did. And you tell me you ain't want me going over there with all them kids. So you see that Jukebox had the same opportunity as Kanan. And she was very much smart as well. And her dad didn't let her go. So, you know, that'll make you bitter right there and feel like you missed out on opportunity. Because I'm sure something is going to go wrong with her singing and make her as hard as she was. Um, from little things that she said in power, how she didn't really want to talk about her singing. But they say how her voice was so beautiful. So, after they're sitting there jonesing on each other and laughing and having, you know, a good little time, uh, you can see, you know, sitting in all in their spot. You can tell it's a family full of hustlers. And, you know, Kanan just feels like he belongs and wants to fit in. Just kind of like how Tariq was. Tariq always wanted to fit in. But, you know, Tariq wasn't. T- Tariq didn't grow up watching ghosts and Tasha get it like that. Kanan is actually in the neighborhood. He is watching how his mom gets down. And the thing with Tariq is he ended up finding out later after, you know, his dad and his mom split up and then, you know, it came as a shock. So he just wanted to jump on in. But Kanan, he growing up in the hood with his mom, watching her make moves, watching her hustle, watching them bag, you know, do whatever. So he feels like he's a part of it, but he actually had the opportunity to. So then. We go um, to the next where we at the same scene and you know famous is talking to Kanan and he like I see your uncle trying to holler at my sister. Uh this ain't for her, man. She she this she ain't about this life. And you know, him and Jukebox, box star back jones and on each other. She like, you always want to be in a family, maybe this is your way in. So as they laugh and having a good old time, some dudes come down the street busting, they get to shooting at all of them. He um get to shooting at the air. I guess they weren't trying to kill nobody. It was like a warning sign. Kanan uh, looks and he sees that book 20 is in the back seat. And um, the famous, his sister, she, you know, gets gullible over um, Lulu, the uncle, because she like, ain't nobody ever protected me like that. So, you know, they are bond or whatever. And when they get home that night, Kanan walks downstairs and he like, mom, you think I don't be knowing what I know, but I do. And I liked it how he brought up um, you think I don't know the codes. He's so talking in, you know, the mathematic language. And I loved it that he brought that um, that they did that because to make it authentic, most of the 80s hustlers were five percenters. About half of them was that was a big deal in not only Queens, but in New York and they all speak the mathematic language like you can't be a real um full five percenter if you don't know your lessons and I have to admit that I didn't know about the five percenters until I read this dude book um his name is Shaquem Bayo I've bought both of his books um he is in prison and the movie Belly was based off of his was one of the characters was based off of his life, he was supposed to be the do knowledge. So, um, he got the book called The Last Illness, and he talks about that. and He was a five percenter, and that's how I came across you know the god body language and all of that. The nation of gods of earth, and I got to doing research, it, research in it and learned on how they um branched off. I don't want to get too much off topic, but well, like I said that made it even more authentic to me because that was a big deal in New York. The Nation of God's Earths, the five percenters. So I liked it on how when they were talking their codes, they were doing it with the the mathematics. So that was dope. And then <clears throat> you know, I skipped over the part when Rocky went to go make one unique and then they kinda they stayed, they 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 divided the corners up. She had hers, he had his. They did an agreement, and she basically let him know she wasn't about to bow down to no dude, no matter if this is, you know, you know, a a dominated male drug game, because that's what the drug game was. But truth be told, it was a lot of hustlers out there that were ladies back in the '80s, but most of them were the dudes, or either they girls or whatever. But shit, they was out there like that, especially in New York. So, um. He's not knowing that she already got stuff taken care of. And she like, you think, you know, what's going on, but I got us. All you got to do worry about is going to that school. And Kane and I trying to hear that. He trying to get in the game. He want to be with his mama. He want to, uh, you know, he's growing up into a young man. So he like, we getting shot at and shit. You know, any young boy, you know, they, and then a uh, father is not a the house. They want to be, um, you know, the man of the house. They want to be their mother's protector as well. But, you know, it just shows you growing up on how the drug game looked to kids my age and older, you know, um, you looked up to like the hustlers or, you know, the the street famous people, you know, sometime when you grew up in inner cities and in those neighborhoods, those street famous people, they be bigger celebrities to you than you know, your real celebrities, you know, it's more, it was more glorified back in the day. Um, and it shows you on how, you know, you see so many people who say I hustle because I had to, but sometimes you don't have to, you wanted to, but the thing of it is, is that when you, that's a grown man game, once you get in there, it ain't no, I changed my mind, you in there. And then I liked it on how she brought that up at the end, which I don't want to jump to ahead. So... After that, you go to the next scene and it's the next day and you got one of Kane and homeboys coming in there. They let them know, like, look, Buck 20 is on your mama block. So they all get together. They go to he like, I got the strap. <laughs> and 50, <laughs> that's 50, right? I got the strap. They go, they go load up and they go down on a corner, not knowing that the, his mama then already gave him that corner. That was buck twenty them corner because they already had stuff straightened out. And they get the shooting and 50 makes his uh Canaan makes his first he he commits his first murder and then he kinda stands over him and then he has the dude shaking and dying and he kinda just stare for a minute and we don't know if it's out of envious because because you know he wanted to kind of be that dude and the dude had the girl he wanted and everything but then he kind of shook up because this is the first time he's pulled the trigger and killed somebody and just slowly watching them die so they all end up leaving and 50 like you'll never forget your first murder so He didn't basically fucked up a lot of shit because they had a truce. They had an agreement and him being so eager to jump in the game and approve prove himself. He didn't basically cause the war for his mama. Then we get to the next scene and we see the guy, the bartender guy, he's up up there sleeping with the publicist chick and they getting it on and she's smelling noise and she she jumps up (laughs) in the middle and calling her little dog name me me come here drew drew whatever the name was bella <laughs> she's bella come here she's, bella bella and she just smells something burning she opens up the microwave and lord they didn't they didn't fry little bella up in the microwave you see the, the dog did and they didn't fry her up in the microwave and one, um one of the uncles they bring uh the leash back to her and, you know, the publicists get to going crazy. So, we get the idea that, okay, the, uh, Rocky, went to let, she let her know. I told you I want nobody to fuck with. And she has the the leash. And, you know, the girl going crazy. But then we end up seeing Rocky and a dude on a date. So, it had me thinking, like, did he let her in the house? Was it all a setup when he was up in there? Did he let her in the house or whatever? I don't know. I could be jumping. But, uh. I don't know if, like, he has something to do with letting her into the house so she could get in there and get the dog or that they already had a date set up. Who knows? It'll probably come out later. But in the meantime, while they out there building and, you know, he's telling her all about college and everything and they feeling each other out, um, people walk in and they let her know about Kane and just got the shooting. So, Rocky goes back she gets to going off like what the fuck you doing I already had shit straight I gave them the blocks and she like they like what you do that for and she letting them know like look you don't run this I'll run this and she tells her brother you know when you did have this you were not taking care of it that's why I'm in control now she sent Kanan up to his room you know he a teenager so he feeling his must time about he grown but he ends up going up there Later on the night, when he thinks about it, he comes down to try to talk to her. She ain't trying to hear it. She sent him out to take the trash out. As he's taking the trash out, some dudes come bussing. His mama come out. She had her little nine. She started busting back. And they all go in the house. And, you know, Kanan messed up because she had everything straightened out. So she goes and she gets meets with Unique. And they get to talking. He basically takes all the corners from her. So you can tell this ain't over. It's about to be a mess because ain't nobody just about to give you their corners like that. But she had to do what she had to do because she know that it's going to be a price on her son's head. And he let her know, like, I'm not going to touch him, but we can't say, but 20 dudes ain't. So then we see <sighs> later on, Kanan and Jukebox, they have another moment. And he basically tell her, like, you know, you know where he's at. And then later on that night, Rocky just takes him out. She gets to talking to him. And it kind of puts you in the mind of when Tasha had Tariq to the side and she told him, like, when she figured out he was lying about being kidnapped by the Italian dudes. And she was like, You gonna be in this game no matter what. You just like your daddy. And then it kind of puts you in the mind of how uh, puts you in the mind of that. And then you see Rocky like, so you just you just wanna do this. You grown now. They get to shooting. She teaching them how to hold the gun, and she letting them know, like, you see that bullet you just threw in the ocean? That's the one you got to run from for the rest of your life. So she letting them know, you just stepped in this game. Now you're going to always have to look your head over your shoulder because it's going to be a bullet after you. It's going to be somebody after you in this game. And then that basically was it so i enjoyed it i try not to make this review too long for you guys um because i can talk forever (laughs) but yeah i enjoyed this episode i think it's gonna be a lot of good things that come up out of here i like the omar epps part even though it was just little and how he said you know every neighborhood got one of those cops and then you see him go over there and that you got the new rookie cop over there the lady detective and she's um She's like, "Let's we can run this and run that." He like, "Uh, oh, that gun gone." Just you know, basically let basically letting her know, you know, just forget it. And he walks up to Rocky, basically letting her know that he's ear to the street, and he already know about Canaan getting his feet wet. And he says, "Every neighborhood got one." So I am so excited that Omar Epps is in here. Omar Epps never lets you down with his performances, down to one of his first movies, Juice, when he was Quincy. So I was loving that. And then when every time I see a dirty cop. It always made me go back to I'm about it because, you know, I'm about it was a hood classic. I don't care what nobody say. And they remember that cop friendly. He was one of those dirty cops. that I think that was like the number one dirty cop in the neighborhood besides Denzel and training day. But like out of the hood classics, the hood hood stuff. Um, Oh, boy, friendly. He was definitely on that level. So, yeah, I enjoyed this episode. I liked it on how he touched on, you know, certain things um, that really did happen. And then I kind of like how he kind of like mixed it in with how his mom was a hustler. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing how the uncles, what they bring to the table. I'm interested in seeing what Jukebox going to do because something is going to turn her how cold she was. Remember, Jukebox was cold as hell in power. So we're going to see that dynamic. And we're going to see, we see the more the beginnings of Kanan before he was that ruthless Kanan that we seen who was basically dangling little babies, killing old people, doing all type of stuff that everybody is against. So we're going to see how he became that person. And I'm wondering, you know, are they going to like do something to rocky and that's gonna make him turn even colder or whatever who knows you know if he sticks to like his story and you know to get rich or die trying because he going down that road where it's gonna put you in a lot of parallel twists on how get rich or die trying was and how he gonna probably mix it in with the real queens hustlers because that was a very pivotal time um if you guys get into that i have a really good book and i'll put it on an um the end of the episode if you guys wanted to check that out it tells you a lot about the queen's hustlers or whatever so yeah i'm enjoying it fifth doing his thing shout out to him with the power universe i hope you guys enjoyed this episode and i will be doing weekly recaps so tune back in next week so we can get it in for uh, um, episode two of power and i hope you guys enjoyed this review and you have a blessed night Well. And one more thing, I did want to add this to the episode. If you are interested in uh, when I was saying the books that I was reading, um, that I learned a lot about, you know, the Jamaica Queens, the 80s era, especially this book is really dope. It's called Fat Cat Fifty Cent and the Rise of the Hip Hop Hustlers. It's by Ethan Brown. Um, it's a really good book because it like breaks down a lot of stuff that happened in the eighties, but it goes from from tail to tale. And so you learn about all the eighties hustlers and then how basically how the eighties hustle game basically um how it intertwined with the rap game because a lot of the rappers in the New York area in the early nineties, they was all came up or had some of them not all of them they had like one of those big hustlers behind them or it was somehow connected especially in queens queens was a world of its own jamaica queens hollis queens um yes queens was just that deal and one day we'll get more into that especially as we're covering power because i'm sure that fifth is gonna you know drop them gems all through the episode this was just episode one and then as I just was thinking, when I did my recap, I kind of did it off the dome of my head. I didn't go scene for scene, but I tried to go in, um, you know, chronological order. And I did realize that I did miss when uh, Kanan <clears throat> went to go take his test and he just circled all them B's. And his mom asked him, like, how you doing that test? He said if they had all if they all the answers was B's. And she realized that he flunked that test and that's when she put him into the game but if you um my age era we all remember we don't know them answers and they remember uh back in the day they used to be like just check b most of the answers be b but we know of course Kanan wanted to fail but it just kind of put a little nostalgia on them high, high school tests when those the um multiple choice answers but i'm not gonna hold you guys long i will come on saturday with another pod and we will be covering narcos mexico but yes tune in every week please For um Um, And I appreciate all of your support And we will be covering Raising Canaan Each week because I'm loving this So on that note I am out And you guys have a blessed night I will holler at you the weekend